Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you for checking out another episode of the show. Today's feature is my friend Danny Thacker of Number One Sons. Had a whole lot of fun hanging out with Danny a little while back. Uh, talking about some of his brand new music, uh, some of the stuff he recorded during quarantine. And, uh, you know, we even get into uh, him rocking the stage with our friends in Ludo. So that was uh, a lot of fun hearing that story. Uh, find more from Number One Sons on your Facebook and Instagram. And brand new music uh, just dropped today on January 28th. So you're going to hear a preview of that song. You can find it wherever you're getting your digital music. Big thank you to my friends at Roughneck Beard Company and American Rambler, located here in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, you can stop in and visit them in the Maplewood area or shop 24-7 at roughneckbeardcompany.com. Use my code RPP15 to save an exclusive 15% off your purchase. Growing out a big old beard can be a surefire way to keep you warm this winter, and there's no better way to grow it out than with Roughneck Beard Company's full line of beard grooming products. Beat the itch, soften, and set the stage for a faster, fuller growth, and you can do it all while saving 15% using my code RPP15. Uh, You're going to save on your uh, beard oils, your beard balms, your junk powder, your combs, whatever you're into, uh, whatever fragrances you like, they probably got the perfect one for you there at Roughneck Beard Company. I find them uh, again at roughneckbeardcompany.com. Big thank you also to my friends at Friendship Brewing Company here in Wentzville, Missouri, uh, just uh, about 40 miles west of St. Louis. Stop in, uh, check out their wonderful craft beer selection, uh, over 25 taps rotating through. Um, they got all kinds of different flavors of beer, whatever you're, again, whatever you're into. Uh, they got a lot of good stuff over there, and you can come in and get some nachos, get some sandwiches. All kinds of delicious food and live music. Friday, January 28th, you can catch my buddy Denver Wade Trent over there playing for you. And uh, again, find everything at friendshipbrewingcompany.com for uh, more information. I know uh, they do a ton to support the community, and one of my favorite things they've recently done is they've launched a beer in honor of a fallen soldier and Winsville native Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz and all proceeds of that particular beer go to support his foundation so uh, it's uh, an incredible thing they're doing and to support that and so go out there and pick up some of that beer and have a good time and enjoy yourself and tell them Shane sent you also uh, if you need me you can find me at rockpaperpodcast.com feel free to hit me up on the socials Email me at rockpaperpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, with all that out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy this brand new episode with Danny Thacker of Number One Sons. Um, podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio. It's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. This is Danny Danzilla from the Number One Sons punk rock band from St. Louis, and you're listening to Rock Paper Podcast with the incredible Shane Presley. Rock Paper Podcast. This is 
beat paper, paper covers rock Rock beats is a shame, covers non-stop Never know what new kind of guests that he's got Coming at you, live and direct on the spot Could be rock, folk, country, or hip-hop, jazz All kind of folks that he has Could be an artist or a comedian to make you laugh On the Double-decker fudge round, rolling round town Shane coming at you live and direct from ground zero He's your hero, he's your bestie Rock Paper Podcast with Shane Presley Rock Paper Podcast Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, hanging out today with Danny of Number One Sons. Welcome to the show, man. Oh, thank you for having me, Shane. I thought you were going to introduce me as Skeletor's son. I thought we talked about this. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, why do you have to bring that up? Um, No, uh, I do go by Danzilla sometimes, so you can call me Danzilla. It kind of helps with uh, the rap persona all right I'm trying to pursue yeah but it hasn't gone as well so i stick with pop punk all <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> danzilla i'm calling you that's going uh, right on the bio right here uh but yeah man we uh i think i guess we prop properly met uh, uh as both both of us were guest on uh gabe's show stone dog uh so and we got to talking that night and still hanging out on the show, hanging with Gabe, talking, wrestling, and uh, all the other things that came up along the the night. Um, but so so thanks to Gabe for helping introduce us, and it's kind of been a long time in the making, but we finally uh, made it happen, and we got a lot. Uh, we got some brand new tunes coming soon to talk about and everything else. But uh, being that it's just me and you, and uh, I don't really know a ton of your your backstory some of the early days i know you were kind of we started talking a little bit off mic and we said we should probably save it for the show but uh number one sons has been around for for quite a while right uh officially uh yeah i mean probably back to the point that we were pretending that we were playing instruments on hockey sticks um (laughs) I'm actually from Mid-Missouri, a small town in Mid-Missouri, and I could say the name of the town, but I'm not going to, uh, because it kind of sucks. Uh, <laughs> all, all the people in my family and my friends are going to be like, why did he say that? Yeah. Just disowned us. If I'm ever famous, they're going to they're gonna burn it down. Um, but yeah, Number One Sons has been around for a long time, and we played the... We played the uh, KC halls and the bingo halls in the, in the small town and um, kind of based off of, we went camping this one time, uh, me and my best friend Michael, who used to play drums for the band, and we had this kid who was uh, there with a friend of my parents, um, and he was just like, if you've ever seen Ned Flanders' kids, I mean, you've obviously sure. probably watched The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. He reminded me of one of Ned Flanders' kids, and he even had a hat that said Number One Son on it. <laughs> so we were into, you know, getting into the offspring and Green Day at the time, and uh, said, why don't we call ourselves the Number One Sons, and it'll be kind of like an oxymoron. Sure. So that's where it all started. Kind of also, uh, you know, just hearing the name, and always kind of reminded me of um, uh, Airheads with the uh, Lone Rangers uh you know like that kind of idea like uh 
Isn't the fact that he's I uh, wish it was that cool, but right. it's not. <laughs> Isn't the fact that he's alone, uh, like, you know, I don't think you can po- make that plural. But anyway, uh, so I just made me laugh, like, hearing number one sons, like, because um, it doesn't seem like it should be plural, you know, not like you're like saying that hat, but there's multiple guys in the band, so it works as being plural. Uh, you're all number one sons. We are all number one sons. I liked how you said that because, I mean, technically over the years, there's been, you know, like eight people or more in the band. Right. Um, but right now, it's basically just me hanging out in my basement. Where You're here now, but um, all of the new stuff, um, it's kind of like a midlife crisis band, to be honest. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I, I have done all of the writing, recording, mixing, um, to the point almost of driving myself crazy. So then on these new songs that are coming out, I started branching out a little bit and, and starting to actually, um, connect with a lot more people. And, and I'm pretty proud of the new stuff that's going to be coming out. Uh, but we can touch on that later. Um, yeah. Well, so take me back, uh, you know, besides the uh, camping trip and, uh, you know, this, we're all kind of the origin of that. But like, what for you, what was, uh, was it guitar first or, or what was uh, your introduction into uh, playing music? Um, So definitely guitar first. Um, Me and my friend, uh, Michael and Nathan were probably always the core guys in this band. And uh, we played together for a long time, and occasionally when we get together, we still jam. Um, but I always played guitar, and nobody else wanted to sing, so I went ahead and tried to sing. Uh, Michael was on the drums, and he he actually was the first one of us to play guitar. Um, but that's that's where it all started. Like listening to, I remember listening to The Offspring a lot, listening to Green Day a lot. So uh, punk was, you know always who i was for sure mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh uh americana that was a huge record for me like in that era uh and um that smash before yeah, that smash, came out for yeah. sure yeah yeah but i remember like the, i mean obviously those records are you have a huge part in my, you know like of my youth and uh on heavy rotation uh you know during middle school and th- whatever and stuff so um and then uh i, th- I guess uh for me um uh, uh it was green days nimrod was the like the a big one for me like obviously dookie was huge too uh before that but like nimrod was like the one that i, I really gravitated towards and and uh of course uh i think good riddance was like our like everybody's eighth grade graduation song, like that, or you know, like uh, was on. Uh, no one got a, a still gets a ton of play and stuff. Yeah, it, it's weird because that song was something they were kind of apprehensive to release because they were known for Dookie and everything that came before that, and there was supposed to be this punk rock band that I think had more to them than than just punk rock, and. You know, in the end, they did what they wanted to do, and they ended up releasing Good Riddance on, uh, you know, it was originally supposed to be Dookie, came out on Nimrod. But yeah, the song has been in everybody's graduation and ended up in, as the final song on Seinfeld. And um, But that's, that's my favorite band, Green yeah. Day, uh, always but, a big inspiration. And, uh, 
you can ask, um, you know, my longtime girlfriend, um, if she wasn't in the picture, I might try to marry Billy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, uh, there's still time, you know, there's, there's still time. <laughs> That, uh, what, uh, I think that song, I think, uh, isn't Good Riddance like a breakup song too? Like, didn't he write it, uh? So, yeah, it actually was a song, um, you know, Good Riddance, meaning like, I'm glad it's over. But I think he kind of looked back on that time of his life, um, pun intended, no (laughs) pun intended, and, you know just kind of thought life's this unpredictable thing so um you know kind of looking back at it fondly but at the same time you know kind of good riddance that it didn't work out because other good stuff happened right i just think it's kind of funny that you know this big took on a whole new life of its own but at the core of it was written about a breakup and stuff you know it just kind of there's a lot of things like that that kind of like uh the meaning of it kind of gets tran- uh, gets interpreted different ways, and then uh, you know. Yeah, I think that's really cool about music, and sure. and I'm something I'm glad you mentioned because it's something that I always try to do with with my lyrics is I don't want things to be taken from a single. Um, you know, that's exactly what it means. There's usually. Uh, in my head, not only several different voices, <laughs> but also uh, I try to give my songs a, a few different angles that right. people can come at them from. Yeah. Not that I want to give you my secret self uh, or anything like that. <laughs> well, I do. I often ask uh, a lot of, you know, about stories behind songs and I don't really necessarily need you to like spell it out completely. Like, Hey, this is exactly what, I, you know, what what these lyrics mean or something, you know, that kind of thing. But it is nice. I always like to enjoy something, you know, like where you were at or whatever, you know, whatever kind of events aspired it and different things. Or um, So it's always kind of fun to hear at least some kind of story to go along with the song. But but I'm with you. I like uh, kind of sometimes, uh, sometimes I interpret these lyrics in my own brain and I, I'll – I have this own own version of that I come up with that they mean something to me and then and then I'll hear whoever tell me the story about the song and I'm like it kind of takes it away from what I already Yeah, created. And you're like you fucked it up, yeah, man. <laughs> you ruined it. Right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but you know, at the same time it's it, there's there's no rule to it all. Like sometimes I really enjoy like there's a song and I'm like I have no idea what's going on in the song and then uh, you hear the story and you're like, "Oh, okay." All right. Well, that's yeah. It. Sometimes it can actually enhance it. You know, All if right. you're not aware of what it's about, then you hear it and you're like, oh, yeah. And you can kind of put together the puzzle for sure at that point. Yeah, man. So obviously, uh, you know, like I say, uh, pop punk uh, and all this stuff. This punk uh, stuff was a big part of your influences growing up and stuff. Listening to a lot of these uh, bands and uh, obviously uh, they're, uh, you know. You can hear it a lot in the sound of what of what you're creating today and stuff. Um, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually there was a. Uh, well, I'll save it. I got I got a story for you, uh, but let's talk about uh, a track. Let's give a little pe- little sneak peek of what you've been up to here. Okay. And uh, I wanted to share uh, a track that you posted uh, in 2020, t- appropriately titled titled Quarantine. 
And uh, I figure this might be a good place to start, kind of show some of the uh, evolution of of the project. And uh, but uh, I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, well, so what's kind of fun about this one is not this one's not necessarily as punk as some of the newer stuff you're working on. This one almost kind of has a little little dance kind of thing to it a little bit. You know, there's a you know it's a little more. Uh, into that pop punk i guess and stuff there's a got some of that in there um the funny thing about that and i'm I'm glad you mentioned it is it it definitely wasn't pop punk per se I, i guess you could throw it in that category a little bit but i think i was going through this phase where i was kind of like wanted to prove to myself or like to the world or something like that that i could write a pop song yeah so that I had a few attempts, and, and quarantine was one of them, um, where I was just messing with these synthesizers and melodies. And I think um, I was watching Frozen whenever like the idea just popped into my head, and I immediately went to the lab and like started the second Frozen movie. I was watching the second Frozen movie. For whatever reason, that, that helped. <laughs> but uh it is very much a dance song and almost has like an 80s vibe to right. it and it kind of also you know sounds a little bit like the killers or something sure. more synth uh rock like that but i, I kind of went to like uh you know some of the later era of like fallout boy or something like that like where they kind of went more dancier and I think th- you know, now that you mentioned Fallout Boy, it, that was actually part of my inspiration because that's kind of what happened to pop punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco right. uh, started making pop music or some type of power pop, and I don't I don't even know what you call it exactly. But I was like, well, you know, nobody's making rock anymore, so I guess this is what I have to do. Thank God for Machine Gun uh, Machine Gun Kelly, right? So. <laughs> I'm making pop punk music again. And, you know, I think that truly is more of my voice, but I really, I really do think, you know, I look back at quarantine and obviously we know, you know, what that's tied to. Uh, the year 2020 was hell for all of us. Um, but it's kind of about, you know, being with the people you love through that situation. Yeah. Like it was half past 
Yeah, man. I I like uh, too. Like, it's obviously having a little more free time than we may have normally had uh, allowed for a lot of artists like yourself to get creative and you know to try something different and try something um, you know new. You just experiment with different things, different sounds, and so there's a lot of uh, people put out you know records that just you know for free or whatever to say you know here's something i'm working on these ideas or whatever there's people just throwing things out there and stuff just because they had time to tinker around and play with uh, making sounds and uh so uh so it was cool to see people just you know whatever was inspiring it but getting to you know elaborate on some of these ideas they might might not have had time to otherwise but uh i'm glad this uh came out because this is a lot of fun man it's a great track and it's uh like I said, it's a fun to turn up on the, you know, when you're driving and and dance around in the car and stuff. And I uh, thank you, man. That that really means a lot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so again, you can find uh, quarantine and uh, everything from Number One Sons wherever you're getting your digital music at today. So check that out. Um, but uh, we got um, so so it seems like uh, you did what you did a record in nineteen. Is that right? I did a full record in 2019. Yeah, yeah. and then the, re- the rest of it seems to be just singles, right? We've kind of been going right. that route for a while. Uh, so that's when I revived Number One Sons was 2019, and you know I don't like you know getting into the boring detail or or you know talking about dirty laundry too much, but I went through a divorce, and obviously you know coming out of that relationship which wasn't good by the way it was really hard um but all of a sudden i had all of this inspiration and it's what got me through those several months you know uh both dealing with the proceedings of the divorce and after losing that relationship um and i think although i learned a lot during writing that album um and and grew you know as a artist as a person through that whole process there are some pretty damn good songs on that album um and i don't normally say that nice of things about myself (laughs) to be honest but it it's definitely worth listening to and to appreciate you know that time and place and and kind of look at it from that angle yeah man uh yeah uh you should uh check that out i mean like i uh i do find 
I'm not, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, uh, or, or I haven't been able to apply it to my own things yet to be able to write. But I, it does seem like those are like the biggest uh, motivators for a lot of writers is heartbreak and or falling in love, you know. So it's like, so it's, you find a lot of inspiration going through those, that, the darkness of, uh, you know, um, break up and everything else like that so yeah i you know i think you can handle tragedy in different ways um you can either become like a victim of it or you can kind of pick yourself up and become something else Mm -hmm. and i think at that point in time obviously we talked about green day earlier it was a turning point at a fork stuck in the road basically and i took it and ran with it and um it seemed like every time i picked up a guitar a song was coming out and it the music was just flowing um wrote a song called holding out for the better times on that album that still might be um maybe even my best song and it's kind of reminiscent of like uh, some foo fighters type ballads like uh times like these sort of thing um but really good song and i think it's something that a lot of people can relate to whenever you're going through uh hard times in your life and everybody's got dreams they can kind of picture this time and place when either they win the lottery um you know they find somebody new that they fall in love with you know um it's kind of like on dumb and dumber you know whenever they (laughs) that bus full of chicks pulls up and they're like just think two lucky guys um it's kind of it's kind of like that you know like holding out for those good times i don't know what you're gonna say now because that was ridiculous uh, well you're in luck They're in town uh so good man classic movie for sure that is uh easily one of my uh probably top top three i'd say comedy favorites oh my gosh uh i don't know how and they never achieved it again because obviously they made a dumb and dumber two, and they made a dumb and dumber or whatever right and they were both terrible um it's because like although the guys were like super dumb somehow in that first one they were still brilliant like i don't you, you walk this fine line where it's like it's stupid but it's like really brilliant stupid you know oh yeah yeah, yeah that's a i mean it the movie's really a, a masterpiece like that's still like one i watch uh you know pretty regularly and then like i still continue to you know years later catch new lines that make me laugh even harder this time around like you know it's stuff like i think a lot of it like at face value whenever i watched it as like uh you know teenager or whatever uh i thought it was funny but there's references that i now that as an adult that i get with the way you know like i had to live a little bit of life to understand some of these jokes even more and i mean there's there's so many of them that like now i hit even harder uh watching it today and stuff yeah there i mean there's so many jokes in there that you're liable to miss one yeah um recently i think i noticed where he's looking at the moon landing uh the newspaper cover you know framed on the wall and he's like no way 
<laughs> right. And then he's like so excited and he screams it like across the uh, hotel yeah. or bar or right. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, uh, I don't know, man. I can go on and on about that movie. But there's, yeah. It's, uh, if you haven't or you haven't watched it recently, go watch Dumb and Dumber and uh, thank us later because it's a good one. Um, yeah, I uh, I was thinking about that. Actually, what I was going to mention was um, I wanted to play uh, uh, when I was listening to one of your your newer songs that we're going to get into. It reminded me of some of those like, and just like that's what I think of it with the, in the pop punk or the punk music. What your style uh, it takes me back to a lot of the like you know late 90s uh like especially like those teenage comedies and stuff like uh you know whatever can't hardly wait and that kind of stuff like those those soundtracks they were always filled filled with all kinds of good tunes oh for sure american pie had a lot of good songs um there was swingers had the offspring in it Real Big Fish was in Basketball. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Pop Punk was, was big at that time, and it was in... Um, Offspring was also in Idle Hands. So a lot of teen movies sure. with some good soundtracks. But I, So for me, like, you know, hearing... Even though this is a brand new song and stuff, or these, these newer songs, and it kind of takes me right back to where those days, you know? And it's like, that's what's kind of fun about... Even though you're making... Uh, brand new music it's still reminiscent and uh and nostalgic in a sense uh, to where it takes you back to kind of the high school or middle school eras and stuff like that <laughs> and and i hear that and you know it's it's both cool and then also like you know it sometimes feels like you're getting out of touch with what's happening now but then i think about the fact that you know machine gun kelly and uh jxdn and um, Travis Barker has, you know, kind of recreated this scene. Mm-hmm. And then I get online and I see all sorts of people talking about it that aren't just my age, right. but are younger. And it's like, you know, it, maybe it really is a thing again because it was fun and it is cool and it is cool again. So, I mean, uh, I love hearing those reminiscent stories because, man, uh, I think we all had some good times back then and watching those movies and, and the dumb the dumb shit that we did yeah. but um well that's like what's um, my, one of my favorite things with music and and uh you know just like where i can hear these songs and it'll like it's like time travel you know it takes me right back to where i was uh you know either at a buddy's house or driving in my car you know whatever you know whatever the scenario uh but for me a lot of this stuff it takes me back to hanging with my buddy josh because like he had an older brother that introduced us to a lot of music. Um, and so like, that's where I first, uh, first started listening to like, uh, probably, probably green day was in there too. But like, I remember groups like Phoenix TX. I remember, uh, he also introduced us to, uh, the Adam Sandler CDs. Um, so that was the first time I, you know, hearing some of that stuff. Uh, there was a lot of it was new to me because like I grew up, um, you know, most of it was, I was listening to my parents' records still at that time. Um, I hadn't quite dove into my own personal like stuff too much yet. A little bit of that. Like I started at nine, I remember Matchbox 20 in like 1997. Like that was a, fr- like one of, uh, you know, a big record for me. And, 
and went to see them in concert and stuff like but there was a ton of music out there especially in this punk world that i didn't know about so josh and uh, his brother kyle introduced me to all sorts of uh new stuff and so anyway that's where i think my mind goes right back to those um it's i mean and i don't often hear many people throw the reference phoenix tx um i've seen them live on a couple of different occasions i actually on one of their last tours i don't know if they're still touring or not or not but they did a tour with unwritten law yeah and um i did a podcast back in the day where i managed to somehow get a hold of will salazar from phoenix tx all right and he sounded like he was really hung over or had blown out his voice or a combination of all of those things and got him to be on the podcast that I was doing. Um, and the interview was probably horrible, but it's just something that was really cool to have done and to be able to say, Yeah, you know, so sure. it was, they're definitely an influence. And, you know, like I said, most people don't remember who they are, but they had that one song, uh, All My Fault in the movie Jailbait. That was a MTV's, like, one of their first premiere movies or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, sick reference, man. <laughs> I, I, I always go to the Rooster song. That's the one that sticks with me. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, which is appropriate for the holiday coming, you know, we're with uh, Thanksgiving and things. Uh, so, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's a good uh, family t- if you have not heard that song, yeah. uh, the chorus is, I got a big cock, it's so damn big. <laughs> and then they they throw in a sop them up with gravy right. and all sorts of funny stuff in there. Yeah, a, you know, kids love it, family favorite. Uh, <laughs> what, was the, uh, what was the podcast you used to do? Uh, it was called uh, Where Are We Podcast, and uh, this goes back, to the fact that I'm not very good at naming things because uh, the point was is you know we live on earth but where is earth in the grand scheme of you know the entire universe and then all this weird shit happens here all the time and we go on without questioning it sometimes and I'm getting really way too deep right now but um, that's kind of it was it was a science podcast with a lot of comedy mixed in and some music and um, I didn't do it for very long, nor know how to promote it very well. But but that's what it was. Um, got really into science there for several years. Nice. So yeah, it was like it was like a Neil deGrasse Tyson thing, and I read all of his books and Stephen Hawking and all that. Because nice. science is punk rock. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I just saw. Uh, uh, made me laugh. There was a. Uh... I don't know if you've been uh, following along on the internet, but uh, that uh, Adele, uh, there was like a thing with uh, her English teacher was at her show or something. I don't know if you've seen any of that. But uh, like, no, I, I didn't see any of that. Yeah, yeah but so I she, mean. She, her English teacher came to her show and she was like really surprised and cried and all the stuff. And then I saw somebody posted the article as a screenshot from Twitter and it says, I'm Adele's old math teacher. I taught her PEMDAS, and she clearly doesn't give a shit about that. I guess I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway. So, uh, she could not do that pre-algebra. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> uh, so anyway, that made me laugh. Think you got to have math and science in there too. So, um, but yeah, uh, well, cool, man. I'll have to definitely go check out the podcast. I didn't, I wasn't aware. That you I don't know, know if it's still out there or not. Maybe. I, you know, um, I can find a way to share some with you for sure. Right. Um, because I did have a YouTube channel, but I think I might have went ahead and converted everything over to Number One Sons. Just because of the fact that I started to notice, because Facebook tells you how many views sometimes you have on your pages. So I'd be talking to all sorts of people on Facebook, you know, um, just networking. And I would see people start looking at where are we. And then as a joke, I had this other Facebook page that was called uh, Rights of Americans. And I would put like memes on there with like Hulk Hogan and like a dog and on 4th of July. (laughs) Um, But people kept looking at those pages and I'm like, if they're looking at those pages, they're probably missing the actual number one son's page. And they could even look at those and be like, oh my God, this guy's weird. And then be totally deterred. So I was like, I'll just turn them off. (laughs) But I'll I'll send you some podcasts. Right. If anybody else wants one, I'll I'll send them to you too. Yeah. Um I will get zero requests. So <laughs> no big deal. Well let's talk about another another <laughs> number one <laughs> another number one son song, and this is called Bored. And uh this is uh one of your um newer release. Uh and this is uh this isn't a fun one for sure, man. Let's talk, uh, anything you want to add around board? So, at that time, that was the end of, let's see, 2020. Right. And um, I had gotten COVID um, it's actually a year ago, um, Thanksgiving, just about. And um, it was rough. I was sick for like two weeks, and everybody in the house got it. We could not leave the house, obviously. Uh, it would not be responsible for us to have done so. So we stayed here, and we had family like deliver us everything that we needed on the porch and um, missed work for a long time. And, and when it first happened, I, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be great. I'm going to be out of work for like 10 days. I'm going to get better in a few, and then, uh, and then I'm just going to play music. And it's going to be awesome. Uh, it turns out I was bored. <laughs> uh, pun intended. Um, so I was sick for like two weeks almost. And at that point in time, I was listening to a lot of different music. And like I said, went through this experimental phase of quarantine. And um I got a, a control the other song I put out previous to that. And I think there was how you going to love was also another song that I put out previous to quarantine. So they were all like these killers and, you know, kind of hybrid pop songs. And then, uh, you know, at that point in time, I, you know, had studied music for a long time trying to figure out, you know, how you make the perfect pop song. And I forgot who the guy is who, you know, wrote for Britney Spears and, probably like a hundred different artists. Um, Martin, I think is his last name, but he's wrote more hit songs than almost anybody. Um, I had looked at his techniques on how to write, you know, popular songs and kind of analyze the lyrics. And at a certain point, I just was like, you know what? These are all just words. These are all just songs. These are all kind of boring. So um, in 
typical punk rock fashion, I wrote the song Bored because I was sitting at home, I was sick, I was bored. And in addition to that, everything I was looking at was not inspiring to me. And it could have been, you know, just the fact that the whole thing kind of brought me down. Um, But it was, you know, possibly my best song up to that point. So putting that out and pitching it to playlisters and pretty much every one of them just going, yeah, we'll add it, yeah, we'll add it, was like just just blew me away you know it was was like riding a high into uh 2021 basically um for the first month or two until things kind of slowed down (laughs) and then you try to write other songs right but but that was the whole motivation for it is i was just literally bored with almost everything and you know i'd just been sick with covid so I should be getting paid for this So unfamiliar 
just recently you got to take the stage at the pageant in St. Louis with our friends in Ludo, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it was like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Uh, Ludo, kind of a band in my genre that I grew up listening to. Um, a little bit pop-punk, but a little more whimsical, like a like a Weezer-ish, almost. Sure. Kind of Don't the, really know what to call them. They, yeah, they're kind of in their own their own genre they kind of they're uh i always feel like they're very like theatrical and stuff they're like yeah a lot of, very, a lot of rock opera right. a lot of storytelling and a lot of styles mixed in yeah um but i remember seeing ludo you know back in 2010 at a point fest and at that time it was like shinedown was there and theory of a dead man or something like that and uh I went because my brother gave me, I was taking my brother, he's like 10 years younger than me, and um, didn't like any of the bands there, and I saw Ludo, and I was like, these guys have personality. Um, they were just funny. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the crowd had a kazoo, yeah. you know? I'm like, this is this is my style right here. Um, but yeah, uh, they do Halloween, Halloween on Halloween uh, every year, so I've seen them for the past... Well, I didn't see them in 2020, obviously, but I've seen them a couple out of the last few years. And this year, um, they did a special um, VIP ticket, which I ended up being lucky enough to get one, uh, where I got a chance to play with the band. So I brought my guitar, and I learned their song, Drunken Lament, and went up there on stage with them and played the song and uh, just felt like I nailed it. It was like being a, you know, kind of like being a rock star for like five minutes, you know? (laughs) So, uh, once in a lifetime experience. And, you know, I know Ludo hasn't really done a whole lot um, in the last decade. Right. But, uh, you know, they've had a couple of top 40 hits and, and they're still in my opinion, you know, super talented. They're one of one of the people that I look up to. Um, so after I got a chance to do that, uh, Andrew Volpe, who's the lead singer of Ludo, actually took the time to um, send me a video about the performance. And um, he thanked me, you know, for uh, playing with them. And he was like, dude, you nailed it, man. And he said like a bunch of really nice stuff and, um, you know, hope said he hopes we get to do it again sometime. And I think it genuinely felt like for the band, like being able to perform with a fan like that was more special for them than than the entire weekend, basically. Um, because not only did they they say that, but it genuinely felt like, um, you know, they they sincerely meant it when they said it. Like, yeah. like wow, that was that was cool. It was not only cool for me, but it was cool for them too. Right. Um, but yeah, we got their autographs and drumsticks and all that. And uh, Drunken, Drunken Laments, a great song. Um, I played the solo on the uh, intro because my girlfriend had pushed me to learn the solo. I was like, yeah, I know all the chords. And she's like, no, learn the solo. And I'm like, oh, damn it. I'm not that good. <laughs> um, but I learned it. And I got up there and played it. And uh, that's one of the things that... Andrew, the lead singer, said, he's like, I did not expect you to go up there and rip that solo. Yeah. He's like, but you nailed it, dude. You took uh, 
He's like, you took Tim's part, and he's like, I should have had him put the guitar down because Andrew put the guitar down for me to play with him. Um, but he's like, I could have had Tim put it down. I could have played with you, you know. <laughs> yeah, man, that's super cool. Did Did you pick that song? You said, or yeah, I ended up picking that song. Yeah, um, it's a fun song, right? Um, I feel like you know, like we talked about with their style being a little bit whimsical and incorporating a whole bunch of other, um, you know, bossa novas and everything else. Um, it was something that resonated with me a little bit more, Drunken Lament. So that's the one I went with. Nice. Because we, we did get to pick our own song, and we, we emailed back and forth before I went up there and played with them. Yeah, I, um, I've been to, I think, uh, I think I, maybe nine, no, eight, I think it was 18, maybe you. Maybe 19. I don't remember now. You go to so many local yeah. shows, I didn't even realize. Um, I think we had talked sometime around that night, and you were you were somewhere else watching another show that yeah. same night. Yeah. But yeah, I went to, well, th- this uh, year, I didn't, yeah, I didn't make it to this year's at all. I thought, I, but I did go, I took my buddy Joe. He's like a super Ludo fan, and he, uh, I think he was in, living in like, Utah or something at the time, and then I he he came uh, flew in for the night, and uh, we went to the show, and then we went to Broadway Oyster Bar and had some um, shrimp voodoo and everything. It was a great day. So, but yeah, I that was like my first uh, besides like some of those Point Fest shows and things, but getting to see the proper theater, you know, headline show from Ludo, like I was really impressive, and it was just like a lot of fun seeing them like dressed up and getting all into the halloween and stuff and it's even grown since then i mean like now that they're doing this year they did three nights and uh you know it's just kind of crazy to see yeah and then 2019 they also did three nights and each night they did a different theme like they did a vampire theme and a batman theme and they tied the stories all together and they had like a um a projector that they rolled down that had video footage on it and uh they they worked it into the show it was like a whole theatrical performance and it was crazy i'm i'm sure the amount of work they had to put they had actors on stage the amount of work that they had to put into that mm-hmm. had to be like astronomical and i think andrew took a lot of that on and it might have been the reason they didn't do it this past year but even still they had you know they performed in like skeleton onesies and had these amazing light shows going on on this Ludo. Um, like they made TV screens out of the the band name Ludo. Um, and then a fan actually made that that I talked to on Facebook. Um, uh, Newton um, goes by Newt. Um, they um, actually made all the video for them on the uh, on the little Ludo projectors things like right. tv screens it was it was really neat yeah man yeah it's always a show with ludo yeah i like that too uh you know they they got halloween now the urge is, does thanksgiving uh you know for the last several years or you know again like they used to do before and now they're doing it again and then uh and then you got the el monstero run for christmas it's like it just seems it's cool that these uh Bands have kind of gravitated towards these certain holidays. Uh, it's going to leave me with, uh, I'll take Columbus Day. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to do Columbus Day in St. Louis. There you 
<laughs> and then I'll make a song about sailing the ocean blue in 1492, and then everyone will boo. Yeah, all right. Um, we could, we could also maybe Arbor, Arbor Day maybe a good one. <laughs> Arbor Day. Yeah, yeah. I'll have um I'll have the Nina, the Penta, and the Santa Maria, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Nobody will care because Columbus turned out to be a dick, yep. I guess. <laughs> I can't hear that without thinking of Step Brothers now, man. Uh, the, uh, the boats and hose. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, super cool opportunity. Big shout out to Ludo. Um, Tim Tim Convy has actually been on the show. He's he's become a buddy of mine. You've and, had Tim on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he we is. talked. We talked more about his comedy than than uh, Ludo. We did talk. I mean, we did talk Ludo, but uh, but yeah, it's cool to see what he's been doing with the comedy. Also, I have met those guys. You know, probably about a dozen times, but only for a few minutes at a time, if even that. Um, but they genuinely really care about their fans. I've never we we talked to a lot of people while we were at these shows and actually made I actually made a lot of new fans and I talked to a lot of people that are in that Ludo group uh, Skeletons on Parade on Facebook and um man it's almost like a family. Um it's incredible. And uh Tim Convy and Andrew Volpe and all the guys um Matt uh Palermo the drummer I don't know how he maintains looking like he's like 17 years old, um, but he's an incredible drummer and being able to play along with him was like, he is just solid, super solid. But um, yeah, all the guys in the band, really nice guys. Gen- I Genuinely. Yeah. Uh, it, they definitely, it's crazy how, um, you know, how that fan, that fan base they've created, like how, uh, dedicated those people are and like you know they don't tour a lot or at all hardly you know so it's like so there's a lot of people when they announce those dates like people you know plan vacations to come to st louis to yeah. see them here and we back. met a, a really nice couple from portland oregon we met some people um from tennessee i mean uh we, we had another couple that we met that came from uh pennsylvania i mean right. it was just amazing to see how you know this band hasn't really toured in over a decade right and then people are just coming from everywhere to come see them and i and i think that's the type of people they are and and the awesome music that they write is that they can still sell out the pageant for three nights in a row once mm-hmm. a year you know yeah, yeah man yep um well uh i wanted to you think it's time to play a brand new tune you feeling like sharing that one now? Uh, you know what? I kind of discussed with you before the show that I have this plan, and I'll kind of uh, let you in on the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to release five songs over the course of 2021, and I can tell you that you know being a musician is a, is a growing experience, and um, each time you do something, you feel like you get better at it. Um, you know, people may or may not agree with that, but it, that's what it feels like as a person. So um, this is the first song um, that I'm putting out in the year 2021, and um, I think uh, I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. Yeah, uh, we decided to call it "I'd Be So Much Cooler If I Was a Dick." 
Yes. Right. And due out on January 28th. I love the way that you said, I'd be so much cooler if I was a dick. Like, almost like, oh, um, God bless his soul, like Alex Trebek <laughs> read it off of like a, a category. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's the name of the song, and I think, like I said, it's gonna be something that resonates with a lot of people because uh, I think a lot of people feel like they'd be cooler if they were dicks. Because sometimes dicks end up in high places, you know. Yeah. <laughs> did that? That didn't sound right. Did it? Uh, Depending on what your trajectory is. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
But yeah, it's uh, this was a uh, super fun man. I really like. I mean, uh, I don't know. I just uh, I get you know that's the goal. Obviously, you strive to continually get better as an artist, like you're saying, and getting and improve all. You know, get better at recording and you know always want your latest thing to be your best work you're putting out and and i really feel like that's the case man this was like uh when i first heard you sent me a little sneak peek and i was like you know you could just hear the the quality level different you know in recording wise and everything just like it's uh really a great track and uh this was a lot lot of fun to sing along with and um but yeah man good stuff for sure this now you've talked about you know this is all you number one sons uh but do you have others that help you create these or do you do all this uh in studio yourself or um so i write the songs completely i play the guitar i sing the lead vocals i play the bass um the drums i put together i don't play the drums but i put them together um and then you know i've tried to start letting go a little bit as a musician so um on these newer songs i actually had ryan beck from archangela who by the way is a very very talented metal band in st louis area um the guys can shred and i mean if you're playing metal music you got to know that double kick and and be able to do that and his vocals i mean like he sounds like freddie mercury you know But he sings the harmonies for me on the song, um, and I've started tracking my vocals with him because I feel like I'm always in good hands, and I'm going to end up with some good takes by the time I walk out of the studio. So we recorded the vocals on this song together, and then um, I sent it off to uh, Mike Callahan, Rogue Planet Mastering, who I know uh, Mike Bivens and a lot of other guys from St. Louis send their music off to him. And man, he does some great work, and um, you know, for for reasonable. Um, I was amazed at, you know, the the kind of um, the kind of rapport that he has in the music industry, and some of the things that he's mastered. Um, I mean, he's he's a Grammy-nominated mastering engineer, and here I am getting my song mastered by him. You know, it's it's really cool. So it, it was nice to let go a little bit. And that I think that's part of why you know I was able to relieve myself of some of the duties, have a little bit more fun with the project, and not stress over everything. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, well, yeah, it's a. Uh, that's kind of. I try to do a lot myself uh, as same kind of like it, what you're saying, but it is nice to have talented friends that you can just have them do what they do best you know and it's like there's there's obviously a you know i i hit up all my friends for whatever their you know the job calls for whether posters or you know art and diff- whatever different things and something it's like i you are much better at this than i am <laughs> you know and, and plus i can like they're always like well what do you want to do with it you know it's like you know i i hired you to do it for a reason like you're the you know yeah just run with yeah, it yeah you do what you do and uh so um you know, but yeah, it's nice when you can call on those friends and uh, and they can deliver for you like that. And uh, yeah, and I I think you know it becomes something bigger that way too. Sure. Um, because it's it's a collaboration of a lot of great people as opposed to just me hanging out in my basement. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. 
Which, you know? I mean, it is cool to, to be able to say, hey, I did this and this and this. Um, and I think that's impressive to a lot of people. But at the same time, you know, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Well, this is uh, a lot of fun, man. Great track. Uh, I also like, um, just, you know, of course, the title uh, made me think of like, uh, you know, I think you mentioned maybe working on a music video for it, possibly. Uh, and I just got to thinking, like, you know, it would just be funny, like, something like a Spicoli in there, you know, like, you dick! You know, like, <laughs> stuff, uh, you know, something. Uh, definitely, definitely some pranks right. and uh, a lot of running around having fun. Um, like we talked about earlier, punk rock is a thing that kind of brings you back to your youth and being rebellious, so... Um, the idea of being so much cooler when you were a dick is exactly that, you know, like whenever I was younger, we broke into my high school and caused a lot of trouble and, um, you know, did a lot of things that we shouldn't have done. We were being dicks, but we did, you know, even at other people's expense, you know, I guess we had a lot of fun doing it. We had some stories to tell and, and we grew up and, you know, at the same aspect, the song kind of makes, uh, jabs at, uh, Jeff Bezos and, you know, uh, rich business guys and everybody who kind of gets ahead in life by in a way being a dick. Um, I consider myself, you know, or getting a rocket that looks like a dick. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It also makes me think of Austin Powers. Um, you know, the rocket looks like a dick, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, um, it does make reference to Jeff Bezos going to space. It makes reference to uh, a yacht pulling his ship. So I remember whenever I first started writing it, I was actually at work and I was um, working at the gas station at Costco and um, thought of the idea and mentioned it to some of my close buddies that I have a message group with uh, through Facebook Messenger. And I was like, man, this is, this is a funny idea. Um, and it, like I said, it comes from many different angles of being cooler if you were a dick, basically. And I don't consider myself to be a dick. Everybody, you know, most people say he's probably one of the nicer people that I know, you know, and, um, I think sometimes to my own detriment even. So, um, it's, it's fun to imagine, you know, being that level of a dick. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But in the video, I will definitely portray that. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I, I'm excited to see see what you uh, come up with for that. That'll be that'll be cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, keep an eye out again. Uh, January 28th is what we're expecting uh, this to hit uh, all your streaming platforms and things. And uh, you were saying that uh, could could be a part of uh, five songs that you release as for the uh, for the year. I think is that you think that'll be all singles again or do you think it'll be an ep or what do you, how, what have you kind of uh, thought about it oh uh, we're gonna get real wild with yeah. it shane we're gonna get crazy with it uh so definitely singles to start i i think in this day and age it only makes sense being that the world is so content driven that you have to be kind of always tapping people on the shoulder with new stuff right so to release 
one song every two months is my plan. Over the course of a year, I will have five songs Mm -hmm. and give myself a breather for a couple of months to enjoy the holidays or whatever, spend time with my family and maybe write something else for the following year. Yeah. Uh, But there's a lot of promotion and stuff that will go into it. And, you know, when all is said and done, maybe I'll put together some vinyl EP and put all five songs on it and see if I can get anybody to buy it. And, uh, you know, in the meantime... You bet your ass I'll be uh, whoring around and getting all those pre-subs. <laughs> I'll be spamming everybody. Yeah, man. Uh, well, you can find Number One Sons on Facebook and Instagram for all that, uh, all them sub-spams. So, uh, but yeah, check it out. Uh, but uh, I've been going around asking uh, some fun questions and I'll get your take on some of these, Danny. Uh, um all right, we have a uh, number one son's action figures coming out. Uh, what, <laughs> what would uh, what would be three accessories to to go with your action figure? Oh, I love this, man! Uh, I'm I'm glad we decided to do this. This is great. Um, three accessories. But you do happen to have a Batman and Robin accessory. Uh, Action figures here. Uh, you know what? In my in my studio, I have uh, some classic Batman and Robin, um, like eighteen inch tall statue things that guard uh, my mixes. Right. So if I fuck up the mix, I know that I've got <laughs> Batman and Robin here that will take care of uh, making it better. Yeah. Um, so that's why I keep them next to my monitors when I'm mixing. But the accessories that my action figure would have for sure would be uh, a Proton Pack backpack. Sure. Um, because I like to keep all my tools in my backpack. <laughs> um, I go to work in the morning and I have like a wireless speaker and I've got like a laser pointer. Uh, it's like actually a cat toy. It's a mouse laser pointer <laughs> so that I can point to things at work and be like, hey, can you take care of this over here? <laughs> I need this palette from up there. And people are like, oh, he really is a dick. Um, <laughs> reference to the song on purpose, by the way. So uh, a backpack and um, two more accessories, right? Yeah. Um, I think a, a kazoo. Sure. For sure. Yeah. And then... Kazoo, <laughs> and then some kind of crazy shirt. Right. I, I think you could probably change my shirt because I always have uh, crazy shirts with wrestlers on them and stuff. Nice, yeah, man. Yeah. Gotta have a good wrestling shirt. <laughs> I, I keep uh, I keep going back to uh, they just opened this place by me called Tacos for Life. Uh, so I just keep making the NWO reference uh, for <laughs> life. You know, like, so just. Good old every time you go into tacos yeah, for life, right. you're like, Oh god, this guy yeah. is here again. Um, but yeah, so that's a huge part of my youth, obviously. Uh, spent a lot of time talking about it with Gabe on his show and stuff, but all the all the early days of WCW and and uh, that was yeah, good old wrestling t shirts are always fun. Um, I, I actually have minor like button ups, yeah. 
And uh, they come from a website called Roosevelt's, and they make all sorts of like the coolest button-up shirts. Is that though like you the find. like the, there's one like with Macho Man doing the elbow drop? Yeah, on, I actually have, have that one. I have the one where Macho Man's doing the go. elbow drop, and then I have the I think it's SummerSlam '88 or '89 version of Hacksaw Jim Duggan where he's got nice. the American flag painted on his face and the two by four. Yeah, man. And I have a Ric Flair one. Um, so yeah, a lot of, yeah, I'm known for my shirt collection. There you go. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. I've always, uh, I think, I don't know. I definitely saw some of those and, and I don't remember. I don't know if they have my size available or something like that, uh, but I haven't got one yet, but I'm like, man, that's a cool shirt. Like, yeah, you can definitely tell that Roosevelt's is like a company that kind of got in over their head, I think, because the shirts are amazing, but it does take a little while to get yeah. them and they don't always have the supply right so you got to keep checking yeah uh me i opted to go with uh the um norm mcdonald shirt today i didn't even realize that was a norm mcdonald shirt it's a norm quote you guessed it i thought it was funny when i yeah. saw it and that is actually a picture of frank stallone right? yeah that's frank so it's uh yeah it's a norm mcdonald reference from snl he was uh that was like one of his longest running jokes on uh on weekend update was like you guessed it frank stallone <laughs> and uh so it was like and apparently like he did it so much like even um sylvester stallone like called him up and he's like dude what's what's up with the like why are you you know constantly talking about frank and all this stuff like <laughs> and which made norm laugh harder and he just kept doing it more so like that's Normal kind uh, of hey, I can imagine Sylvester calling up. Yeah. Uh, hey, why are you always talking about yeah. my brother? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, probably the worst Stallone impression anyone has ever heard. Uh, I thought he was here. I, didn't... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, that brings me to my uh, next question. and that, uh, Do you do any celebrity impressions besides, obviously, Sylvester Stallone there? Um. Well, the first one that comes to mind is obviously I, I mean, I guess not obviously, but I love Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, and Janine, who is the secretary on Ghostbusters, I love doing that sort of accent. And I used to talk to my dog like that. So I do like a Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I have actually at work gotten a pair of i went to target on my lunch got a pair of glasses and with the whole um you know little thing to hold them on your head and it was like a pearl one i found one that were like pearls and they strung down from my glasses and i talked that way the entire day hey how are you doing let me get those groceries out of that cart for you <laughs> oh hon don't hurt yourself <laughs> So, um, I yeah, I can do like a Brooklyn accent. I can do like a, a Hank Hill. Yeah. Damn it, Bobby. Right. A little bit. Those are the walls have been whacking off my tush. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sell propane. <gasps> propane accessory. <laughs> a li- yeah, so a little bit um, Hank Hill. I can't think of any other ones off the top of my yeah. head, but I'm, I- I'm decent with some voices, but you just kind of... You know, you gotta you gotta catch me at the right moment sure. so I can get into the character. Yeah, I'm. I feel like more on me. I'm more like uh, better at mimicking. Like I can hear if I hear things. Uh, uh, so like we just watched uh, Monsters Inc. the other day, and I so then I 
the rest of the time. Like I just kept going, Wazowski, you know, like the, <laughs> doing that lady's voice. Yeah, that's and pretty stuff. awesome. Uh, and I don't know, like, but that's of course that's all. Like, uh, you know, just stuff like that. Like I just get those those one lines like on repeat in my head like that. And, uh, so I, you know, I also love how people talk. Um, like in the northern Midwest, every time I go up there, um, you know, it's like just north of Chicago, you really start getting that accent. Um, Wisconsin, up there, uh, uh, donuts and uh, bacon, eh? You know, don't you know? <laughs> and then once you're up there for a while, you just, oh gosh, yeah, you know, I was out there the other day, the traffic was terrible. <laughs> Um, so, um, my friend actually who tours the country, uh, has toured the country a lot. Seth Brand, you probably heard of him. Oh yeah, Seth. Um. Shout out. (laughs) Shout out. Uh, he, uh, he and I were talking about the other day, uh, going up to, uh, Michigan or something like that. And, uh, just loving how the people talk there. I, I could literally go there and within a day I'd be. You know, talking like that. <laughs> All right. Watching hockey, eating donuts, making bacon, you know. <laughs> uh, what's that? Uh, wasn't that Rick Moranis? Yeah, I love Rick Moranis. Didn't he do uh, some show? like uh, Strange Brew. Yeah, Strange yeah, Brew. Yeah, uh, excellent movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's where my mind goes when I hear that that voice and stuff like that. I just go right to that. those two guys. <laughs> Hoser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. All right. What about a, uh, and I might know the answer already, but dream duet or collaboration? Who would, who would you, uh, who would you uh, like if to? If I were collaborating with someone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you were thinking Billy Joe Armstrong. Well, I mean, if you were going to marry the man, I, I would, uh, <laughs> I would assume that would be yeah, the one, right? right? Uh, I actually didn't think of, of doing a duet with, with Billy Joe. Um, although that would be really cool, I was I was gonna say something more ridiculous, um, and just go with like Bette Midler. Sure. Yeah. And then just tell her that every time I watch Beaches, I just fucking lose it. And uh, yeah, we would sing "Wind Beneath My Wings." That'd be beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think it would be perfect too, given that you know you sing the duet with your hero. Sure. So. Uh, yeah, man. Well, let's make that happen. I'll uh, send a letter. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, and she's getting ready to do. Uh, Hocus Pocus too. Yeah. This movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> like the witches are gonna eat me like soup. I'm not going to bed. I am not going to bed. <laughs> uh, what's that? Uh, that guy's got ice written on the back of his head, right? What in guy? The, in the middle, in the in the, in the beginning of that movie. Um, I don't recall. Pretty sure. Uh, pretty sure it's Hocus Pocus. Like, has has it, ice written on the back of his yeah, head? Yeah, he said that's his name. He goes by Ice, and he's got it like carved in the back, of his, <laughs> cut into his hair. I miss names being cut yeah. in the back of the hair. I All got right. it. I'll get Danzilla. Yeah, there you go, man. I'm bringing it back. All right. Um, 
If there was something he could get into the Guinness Book of World Records for, what would it be? Uh, probably um, the most uh, failed uh, attempts at writing songs. I don't know. <laughs> um, man, that's that's a that's a tough question. Yeah. Um. Because everybody's probably thought of everything by this point. And you don't need a book anymore. You can just Google it, you know? Something to get into the Guinness Book of World Records for. I think I'm pretty good at dropping shit. (laughs) Most shit drop? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it all started when one time I was, like, carrying a pizza in. Like, my parents had ordered pizza, and I remember dropping it on the ground you know how those moment those tragic moments are those moments of like pure shit hit the fan panic and everything goes in slow motion i don't know why that traumatic experience just came back to me and um and i remember my mom was really mad at me and i think i'm still having trouble coming to terms with that so mom i think we need to have a talk (laughs) Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, most shit dropped Beca- and, and every time I drop something like in the house or at work, I'll let out this scream like, ah, <laughs> and I think it comes from a place of true trauma. Yeah. Um, and everybody's like, is that guy okay? Oh, he just dropped something again. He's just over-exaggerating. Just drop the pizza again. Yep. Uh, hurts. You uh, you proposed a question on Facebook. I didn't propose yet. Uh, oh wait, that's not what you're talking wait, about. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> uh, the you you uh, said Letterman or Conan O'Brien, right? Right. That was best uh, for for best late night talk show. Yes. And you said exclusive ex- explicitly, no Leno. You said right. Right. That, that was your. That was the rules. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I, it got me thinking, though. I was like, that's a good, that is a solid question, whoever. Because uh, it really, like, it tells a lot about a person if you, depending on what late night host you're, you supported. I think it was really cool how many people that resonated with. Yeah. Um, I think I got more responses on that than, like, anything I've posted in years. But I thought that was just really neat how everybody had something to say about it. Because it, 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 I thought I was the only one that stayed up watching those guys. Um, and I remember my dad used to, you know, he would want to watch Star Trek The Next Generation. And I wanted to watch David Letterman. I don't know that he really cared for David Letterman very much or Conan O'Brien. Um, but I remember going back and forth before I started watching Conan between um, Dave and Leno, and I think back then, they were both on right before Conan. Mm-hmm. And uh, on a school night, you know, it's pretty late to stay up till 10.30 to 11.30 um, Central Daylight Time. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I would I would pretend I was asleep All right. watching them. Uh, yeah, I, Conan, uh, especially the late night show... Um, you know, following Leno for all those years uh, was some of my absolute favorite stuff. I mean, a huge part of 
my comedy, you know, taste and and um, just you know so absurd and ridiculous, the Chuck Norris lever and stuff, you know, <laughs> all the all the dumb stuff and like uh, just so much fun and and um, or the Walker Texas Ranger, sorry, not necessarily Chuck Norris, but Walker Texas Ranger lever. Uh, so <laughs> the masturbating bear. Yeah, sure. uh, I I think. I would have to say, even though I love David Letterman and I think he's got his own brand of comedy, that Conan O'Brien's probably my favorite late night show host and probably biggest inspiration to uh, my kind of humor mm-hmm. um, because it, it's very witty and kind of dry. Um, when I think even going back to what we, you kind of talked about with Dumb and Dumber was like, it's stupid, but it's very smart. Yes, oh, it's, uh, at the same time, yeah. I mean, he's a Harvard graduate and everything else. He's a very smart, but he's just just an ass. He's just, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, he does the, the dumb stuff. So, um, you know, but yeah. I love when he would go through the office and be like, "Who do you think I should fire?" Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, there's so much good stuff. Like that's some of my favorite stuff is when it's just Conan being Conan. And yeah. Like you know the interview stuff was all right and the, and things, but just like those remote, which is why the like, remotes, the, yeah, the why you know the Conan on uh, HBO Max and all the other things, all those remotes are like so good because it's just Conan being Conan, talking to people and and so quick and like in some of that stuff makes me laugh so hard, man. Um. I remember I was actually watching some clips on YouTube the other night where he was walking through his office, his home office, and which he always did, and he always made fun of how much of a shithole it was and everything else, and how, you know, NBC or TBS, you know, never gave him the funding that he needed. <laughs> um, and he had these two guys sitting in an office room, and one was, like, in a relaxed, like, um, chair that swiveled, and the other one was just sitting in a regular chair. And he's like, I feel like your chair is a lot nicer than this guy's over here. And then, it, like, it cut to a scene where he took, like, the comfortable swivel chair and threw it across the room and then just went and got, like, a normal chair and replaced right. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's stuff like that. For sure. It's hilarious. Yeah. And, of course... uh the show wouldn't be what it is also without Andy. Oh, uh, yeah. I was hoping you were going to say that. I was going to. Andy's, uh, I was so glad when he came back to the show and uh, when they went to TBS and stuff. And, you know, he left for a little while. But, you know, just those two are so good together. And, uh, but yeah, huge, uh, huge fan of those guys. I actually got to see uh, Conan in Chicago a couple of years back. And uh, I was like, you know, I knew he was coming to coming pretty close and i was like i gotta get there i don't, I don't you know i'll just that'll be so you much. actually got the chance to see him uh yeah i went to the taping uh you know it was of course uh you know i didn't get actually get close to him at all but like you know being at a taping of the show in chicago it was in uh uh at the uh i don't remember what the theater now was called but uh um, was it the second city or i don't know i don't know what i is my it's the like the big it might be the Chicago Theater or something like oh, that. Okay. Downtown, whatever uh I forget now. But anyway, really, you know, beautiful place and like it was so cool to like see uh it all happening like live, you know. Like you I would thought that there would be more like 
you know, the commercial breaks and stuff, like, as of, like, they were so fast with, like, setting up for the next segment and stuff like that. So it was, like, really impressive to see how it all happened. On how our, they produced it. Yeah, and... on especially on stage and, you know, like that and stuff. But that was, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, around that time at all, but the, he had this, like, giant Conan bobblehead thing that he had made. Uh, and they had it there, like, in the at the theater. And so it was, like... It was pretty funny to see that thing on stage. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember they did a remote that where he went to some kind of like Irish dancing class or something like that. Like, and uh, I don't know. It was it was a lot of fun. But I, I, I've never met the man or anything. But I I was the closest I've got to at least be in the same room as him once. So that is really cool. And also the fact that no matter what he did with his hair, it went right back to the way it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Is uh, but I, I think I shared with you the the old timey baseball. That's my, one of my absolute. Was favorite. that you that shared that with yeah. me? Yeah, that's one of the best segments. Yeah, and I, that's another one of the things that I like to do is that early nineteen hundreds northeastern accent. Yeah, um, I, like I'll sell. We sell a lot of postage stamps at Costco, and I'll just walk around being like, "Stamps here, yeah, get your stamps here." Um. <laughs> Just love that accent. The the line that uh, always gets me. Some say it's a waste of time. Others say it's an incredible waste of time. You know, like, it's, <laughs> like uh, but yeah, I love when he does that. The the old time, uh, the uh, you know, the newspaper boy and stuff. Like all the those voices and stuff. Yeah, and, like uh, whenever he'll just come through the crowd as one of those characters, all of a sudden to interrupt his own show. Yeah. Um, the interrupter. Yeah. <laughs> That was another one, the guy with the mustache. Sure. Yeah. Just like the dastardly early 1900s character. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm bummed that he's not like still doing it regularly, like, you know, the late night show, uh, you know, came to an end not too long ago. But, uh, you know, I know he's, uh, I think he's working on. I think oh, well, HBO Max, uh, he'll be doing more shows over there. I'll and definitely stuff, have so. to check that out. But yeah, those remotes, like, I mean, of course, he's been to like visit all these places and that's some of his best work ever. So, um, but yeah, man, big fan of Conan. I was, I just wanted to bring that, uh, follow up on that. Uh, I thought it was an interesting, uh, question, like I said. So, but, uh, yeah, man, number one sons, new music coming in 2021. Get involved. Uh, find all things on Facebook and Instagram. You can find uh, again streaming wherever you get your digital music at today. And uh, but keep an eye out for uh, the uh, single. Be a lot cooler if I was a dick, right? Yep. I'd be or I'd be so much cooler if I was a dick. I'd be so much cooler uh, if I was a dick. And yeah. also check us out on uh, TikTok as well. Oh yeah. What's on tick? What's going on on TikTok over? Uh, every once in a while, um, I'll just throw on some videos that, uh, you know, I'll get these ridiculous ideas. Like I did one, uh, you heard the song, um, I'm trying to think of how it goes. Um, <laughs> I bring it up and then I'm, it's like dead air. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Um, that's me every time I, I try to pull a reference. <laughs> Uh, it's the English guy, and the song was number one for like a really long time. Um, used to be somebody you love, getting kind of used to being somebody you love. Oh, uh, Jose, right? No, 
Um, it wasn't wasn't that guy. Um, but anyway, oh, this song is now it's just somebody. Yeah. Oh, I know you're thinking of that one. There, yeah, yeah there's, that's a different one. Um, but it's uh, I was getting kind of used to being someone you loved. Yeah. And uh, he's like walking down the street, and the whole song sounds like he's just you're just about to ball and break down. And you're like, damn, I can't hardly listen to this anymore. So my thought on it was like, I could just make like a thousand different versions of that song where I'm having these problems that are quite minor compared to his problem. (laughs) Like the one that I did was based on an actual thing that happened. I was coming home from a concert and post COVID there's no restaurants open after midnight like anymore. Right. You used to have like 24 hour drive throughs right? Taco Bell, uh, Jack in a box, or they used to at least be open till 2 AM. We came home from a rise against concert and there was no fast food restaurants open. And, you know, we were hungry and we were tired. So I imagine Louis Capaldi is the artist. So I just imagine, you know, Louis Capaldi singing that song about how he couldn't get any food to eat after midnight. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it ended up, instead of used to being someone you loved, it was, I was kind of used to when you were open late. (laughs) So again, uh, just a minor problem compared to his. But, you know, I just like that idea of it sounds like I'm just totally breaking down. Sure. And... (laughs) And at the end of the video, yeah, I've got like eyeliner on, my eyeliner's running, and <laughs> um, so I just thought, you know, make like a hundred versions of that, and maybe one I'm trying to build something with Legos, and it's going totally wrong, and I just lose my shit, um, cut the roof of my mouth with some Captain Crunch, <laughs> uh, maybe um, my bicycle wheel falls off, can't fix my bike. Something like that. Yeah. So there's, there's just so many opportunities. Um, I did a song. Um, Everclear has a song, Father of Mine. <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure they have a couple of other songs um, where it, the guy's just got real dad <laughs> issues. Right. Just, what? Just the way you space that. I'm pretty sure they have a couple other songs, but, you know, I'm just... Oh, okay. Uh, right, just the way you stop. Yeah. You kind of spaced. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I have these moments of awkward <laughs> that aren't intentional, right. but make me uh, uh, brilliant in some way, <laughs> shape, or form. Uh, I, I think they're outrageous and, and dumb, but uh, other people seem to be, you know, endeared by it. <laughs> but anyway, they. I just thought, man, um, the guy's got a lot of dad issues. So then I took that song... Um, the, when I passed the breaker, watched the world die. Um, Santa Monica? Santa Monica, yeah. And I was like, I just played the beginning of it. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is a new song by Everclear. And they also all kind of sound the same, the Everclear songs. And I did that do-do-do-do-do-do. And I was like, I am still looking for my dad. Do-do-do-do-do-do. And I was like, that's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because I'm sure he's still looking for his dad, like yeah. like the guys from Good Charlotte, you know. Yeah, and Gavin Rossdale's looking for his asshole brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, cool, man. Well, this has been a ton of fun, Danny. I'm really uh, glad we did this tonight, and uh, appreciate you taking some time to hang with me, man. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on the show, man. Um, yeah, I was... Uh, just ecstatic 
because you've done so many great things here in St. Louis and had a lot of high caliber bands and you know you've had the guy from Supermarket Sweep and yeah. some high level comedians man you've done it all and then and then you decided to have uh, Danny from Number One Sons on <laughs> and uh, I cannot be more grateful for you coming over and and having me on yeah man absolutely I'm glad uh, like I said I'm so glad this happened and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon and uh, talk about some more new Number One Son songs uh, it's gonna be a big year in 2022. Yep, so get uh, get involved and uh, and check out these new tunes uh, coming to you real soon. But uh, yeah, thanks, buddy. Bye, everyone. Bye. Rock paper podcast. Rock paper podcast. Rock paper podcast. Rock paper podcast. Well, yeah, that was it.